Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, Elizabeth Taylor said money is the best deodorant. If that's true, how can young people start smelling good? Financial planner Stephen Rashal is here to advise all of us, young and old, the best way to save and plan for the future. Wait, I was supposed to have a plan? Anyway, uh, also Jeremy Frank, associate chorus master at the Los Angeles Opera, will coach Paula on singing the toughest tune in the great American songbook, our national anthem. Oh, say, can you see her hitting a high F? I'm not sure if she can. I'm Adam Felber, the guy who tries to keep this show in tune and on tempo. And now, please welcome the woman whose arias can never be scored, Paula Poundstone. Thank you very much. Welcome, Paula. And thank you to tonight's amazingly dignified house band, oboist Rachel Van Amberg. Very dignified. <laughs> yes. You know, Rachel, I have to tell you, well, A, I don't play the oboe, and I know that shocks you. Shocks me. But uh, I went to an eye doctor who told me that I have glaucoma, and she said, now I'm going to tell you the things you can't do. And the first thing she said was, you can't play the oboe. Why? Or did she just know that you can't play I, the oboe? I think, yeah. I think she was just criticizing. Yeah. yeah. You weren't pulling that old joke, Doc, will I ever play the oboe again? I, prior to that, I hadn't really felt like I wanted to play the oboe, but right. as soon as I heard, I couldn't. It's so specific, too. There was she a morning a longing or, yeah. that was set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is She very... let you know something you didn't know you wanted. Yeah. yeah. Is it because you're pushing air through like a really small thing, and so there's, I mean, do your eyes bug out when you play the oboe? Yeah, there's a crazy amount of pressure in your head, and we also have to make our own reeds or mouthpieces, and that requires- what do you mean? You make your own reeds, and yeah. that requires bam- your uh, out of uh, like, bamboo. Yeah, so we scrape. But them. what do you think the eye doctor was saying? Was it because of the? Uh... I mean, I think he was just trying to protect you from a lot of. Because wouldn't despair. the trumpet bug your eyes out too? Um, yeah, I mean, all wind instruments require a lot of air and breath support. So. I yeah, I mean, there a was a whole of... band in her waiting room. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just a, she a must whole... have been just been like a member of like eye doctors against wind instruments. Yeah, there was like a whole yeah, there's like a whole horn section, and they all had uh, white canes, and they were just tapping, right. tapping. They, they, I, you know, I had to steer. That might be why so many blues musicians are blind. It's the harmonica. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely not the. No, I don't think it Bob takes Dylan that. wears sunglasses. I don't think he sees oh, yeah, too well. Oh yeah, no, that. Uh, and he, he never actually learned to play the harmonica. His uh, daughter used to live down the street from me, and uh, uh, Bob Dylan was forever bumping into me. I don't think he sees. Oh no, he can't see at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, think he sees. Uh, we've never exchanged Bob Dylan stories. My mom roomed in college with Bob Dylan's wife, one of his 
wives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Narrow that down. Yeah, uh, I can. It was Sarah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Now, Paula, we uh, we had a we had a fun time this weekend, didn't we? You we had me? a great time. I'm segueing I, as as masterfully I, as I know how. That was really masterful. Uh, the Paula Poundstone ping pong party. The Paula took Poundstone place ping pong party. The, the quadruple or quintuple P. It was so much fun. And it poured rain. It was very rainy. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, everybody was soaked. That was part of the joy of it. Uh, But I got to tell you, uh, as much as I, part of the reason I especially enjoy a ping pong party is that um, you have a job, you have a task. Now, I have too many tasks on that night. I'm supposed to be the hostess, which I kind of suck at. And then also, I have to get, we do a doubles tournament and I have to keep the doubles tournament running. Which you do very, very well. Well, Thank you. I've often thought, because I don't talk to enough of my guests, and I've always, I know that, you know the pain of that, having me not talk that much around you. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a um, curse I deal with all the time. I've often, if I could only get you to open up a little bit, we could have a real <laughs> podcast here. I've often thought that um, I should get, like, I should hire someone to run... You know, someone from like Park and Rec or something to run the tournament. To run the tournament? But I'm just, I'm worried it would be like a, you know, a guy with like an Army Navy feel. Yeah. You know, like. Oh, yeah, no, no. It has to to feel this. Somebody with a whistle. You're running the tournament, though, because we've talked about this a little bit. Is it possible that you're running the tournament so that you can avoid talking to people at the party? I would say that running the tournament is more of a strength than talking to people. But, you know, I can get off to a flying start, although this time I was actually in the shower when a lot of the guests began to arrive. Right, and so which is I said, ironic since it was already raining outside. Yeah, no, I took a shower and I said to them as they came through the bathroom, I said, come on in, take a seat, get a towel. And uh, <laughs> and for those of you who feel the need, an eye shade. Um, so What's amazing here is that I can't even really segue you to a topic that you wanted to discuss tonight. <laughs> I've, I've just been setting it up on the tee, waiting for you yeah, to hit it. Have, and it's just sort of, Isn't the thing that we were going to talk about how that you're not good at party I'm conversation? I'm not good at party conversation. You're not good at pod talk conversation either, apparently. No, because <laughs> I think that's the thing. As a conversationalist, I like to really spread out. Yes. And I can't do that. Right. At uh, Like when people come in, like, should we practice? Should we practice? Some... Oh, you mean social conversation? Yeah. Well, yeah. it is a skill, and I'm actually pretty good at it. Are you? So, yeah. Do you want to? Want yes, I'm yeah, very let's good practice. at conversation. Here we go. So let's pretend we're having a, a party conversation. Okay. okay. All right. So why don't I start? So you, you say something, and we'll have a conversation. Okay. Hi. Hi. See, now that wasn't very <laughs> successful. Yeah, I think what you need might be referred to as a follow-up question. You know, something uh, like, how are you? You want to try that? Okay, yeah. All okay, right. here we go. Okay. Whew, I'm a little nervous to be All right, we're at a party. You. Okay. You see me. Yeah, yeah. Adam, hi. Hi. How are you? Okay. <laughs> Is yeah. that where I would jump in again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm yeah. going to term that a limited success, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, uh, so, that's, so you that's, said, that's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it honestly, mm-hmm. I thought I was bad at party conversation. I realize now it's you. You Wait, could no. have. <laughs> it's not true. Okay I mean, is not a great. Well, uh, uh, we, were, okay. we were trying to That's... improve your conversational skills, not mine. Yeah, but you told me you had really good party conversational skills. How you doing? Okay. Do, well, if I steer the con- <laughs> if I steer the conversation right now, it's you're never going to learn anything. You're just going to ride along on the raft of my virtuosic party chat. My problem is that I've never actually been okay. 
that's part of my problem. <laughs> so people go, how are you? And I begin to tell them. That's right. That's and true And that seems you. to be where it falls apart. Yeah, because it gets really sad really yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I just was talking. I was yeah. talking. I was When I was driving over here tonight, I was talking to my high school English teacher on the phone in the car. And she said. This is going to end with her being terminally ill or something, No, right? no, no. Okay. She's, she's good. But she said, <laughs> she said, how are you? And I said, well, most days I'm sad. And some days I'm more sad. That's. <laughs> And yeah, then nobody was, wants to hear and that. And then there was a long pause while I just drove on the 101. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody wants to hear that. That's yeah. why people have like well, why therapists like Bonnie thinks you have. Why do they? Yeah. Why do they? Yeah. 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 Why do they? Why do they ask if they don't want to know? Well, they want to show concern, but yeah. they want but you they, to be able to totally say. totally phony. Here's something that I do. Yeah. Well, ask me how I'm doing because I've had I've had kind of a I just rough did ask weeks. you and you no, said but, but okay. We were doing fake party chat. No, I wasn't. Okay. All right, Adam. I, how are you? Ah, uh, you know, I've had a rough couple of weeks, but you know, the good news is, is that um, Baz and Vivian, my kids, are getting really into their piano lessons now, and I'm really proud of them. Now, you see what I did? I honestly told you how I'm doing, but I changed the conversation to something a little less unpleasant than, you know. Yeah, but there's nowhere to the go hail with of that. Rats falling. So, what my was house. I supposed to say? Like, uh, do they do? How's your drum hot, lessons going? Hot cross buns. So I was supposed to one-up your kids with my drum lessons? So no, you say, my kids are really getting into their... If I was trying to make a conversation, their... I would then segue to your drum lessons the, if you showed so you no go, interest in my right, kids. So you go, my kids are doing good at their piano, and my, I'm supposed to go, I'm really good at my drum lessons. No. Yeah. No, no you're not getting this. You're not getting no. this at all. That's not good party I would wait like a millisecond, and then if you didn't pick up on the things going like, you know, I took piano lessons as a kid or something like that, I'd, I'd probably segue to something like your drum lessons. This explains why when a lot of people come to my ping pong party, they just yeah. come in, they pick up a paddle, and they start to play. I'm going to no do talk. that from now on. No one talks. <laughs> It's just totally quiet, but all year. Yeah. That was my. I didn't get to play this this time around. You played? I saw you play. No. You played in a game? Didn't, I didn't. you? No. Oh, I thought you did. Must have been some other bald guy yeah. in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember talking to that guy. Yeah. How did that conversation go? He's okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. Hey, I noticed something else What's that? Uh, when I when I came to your house. I had to. I was walking my son to your door in the rain on the sidewalk, and I had to walk around a giant partition. Oh, oh and then through the some like, tall gla- grass. The because neighbors there's apparently some kind of mansion being built next door to you. They are. They're building a huge man, and they did that shitty thing that people do. I'm sure some tax evasion purposes. They said that they were doing a remodel. Can, can we hold on a minute? What happened? If, I want everybody to kind of like rewind the tape. And listen to what we're dealing with in here. What is that fun, was Bonnie funny. Burns, uh, your manager, Slash my nemesis, taking <laughs> taking photos of us, and she has not turned off the shutter click sound on her phone. Oh, so it was making a click <laughs> sound? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Bonnie, take another picture. I want to yeah. hear that. Okay. Listen close, everybody. I'm used to that from the paparazzi. Yeah. And that was hard for you to deal with? It was a little distracting. She's a master of distraction. So when you say you've had a rough couple of weeks, yeah. it could have been just that? It was just yeah. that. Like, that was it. That, sh- <laughs> that, that shutter noise just goes right to your heart, It really man. does. Wow. It's rough. Yeah. All right, anyway, All right. your next door neighbors. So my next door neighbors, they did that terrible thing. They bought this house that's got to be a shitload of money anyways, but it was a lovely little house. And they uh, said that they were 
doing a remodel. A remodel. So they a left up one wall. And the, apparently the construction company that they've been using for two years now, this has been going on, uh, it's a construction company called um, uh, All Jackhammer and uh, Air Compressor Construction, is LLC. Is that an accurate name? Yeah. Okay. That's all they use oh, is wow. a jackhammer and You're saying there's noise. Air co- there's a lot of noise. And it I sounds mean, like they're you getting around local it. ordinances by pretending a rebuild is a right, remodel. Exactly. So here's the thing that I don't feel good about. It's really starting to piss me off. Well, it's been pissing me off for about two years now. They gave me cookies with like, in like a little bastards in a little bag. <laughs> they gave me. This is why you're having a rough patch. Hold on, hold on. Let me just get a picture That's of why you. Why you're sad? <laughs> um, oh, come on. <laughs> No, they gave me cookies with a little note that said, thanks for your patience. Oh. And I'm like, you know, I should make some cookies myself and put them over on their construction nightmare uh, with and a say, note saying, I, have, I have no patience. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that, that's, no, I thought the cookies was a very pleasant story and you were being curmudgeonly right up to the point where they yeah. where they assumed your patience by thanking you for it. When yeah. in fact, you're tearing your hair out. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for your patience. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't feel that way. No. Man, I can't wait. For, I can't wait for them to move in because I'll tell you something. I don't care if I fucking go blind. I'm playing the oboe every morning. Wow. Right out my goddamn bathroom window. And that's interesting because you already have a drum kit. Well, that's a good and point. And you play the drums, yeah. which is arguably, now I'm going to defer to Rachel Van Amberg on this, but Rachel, isn't a drum kit louder than an oboe? Well, ostensibly, yes, but um, when I first started playing the oboe, when I practiced, my dad originally thought it was geese in the yard. And so... Uh... <laughs> that's the name of your new album, isn't geese it? Geese in the yard. <laughs> It's just called Van Amberg, Geese in the Yard. Geese in the Yard. I love it. Well, I mean, I'm not good at the drums unless you're comparing me to your kids on the piano. But uh, I'm not good at the drums, but... Sorry, kids. (laughs) Hot cross buns, baby. Uh, They're not playing hot cross buns. They're playing hot cross buns. buns. Yeah, that's the opening. That's the, you know, she's going all the way to Carnegie Hall with hot cross buns. Uh, One Um, day. Uh, yeah, but see, I actually probably play the drums better than I would ever play the oboe, and so Plus I think blind. the oboe. Yeah, <laughs> the idea that I I sacrifice my vision in order to make things clear to the neighbors. I think that's a I think that's a good idea. I tell you what, I'm not inviting them to any ping pong parties. Well, you're not going to have to invite them to your ping pong party because uh, they're going to have a great view. They've got that oh, second yeah. floor it just thing. T- towers yeah. over. Yeah, you know. Uh, Paula, I want to segue again because I'm good at it. Um, and if I keep saying it, it's going to work. Uh, you know, we have – this is our second week with, with, a, with a new sponsor. And our, our sponsor for the podcast this week is, once again, the great people at Withings, creator of the Wi-Fi Smart Scale. Oh, yeah. Smart Scale. Yes. Yeah. The scale I have now just says, get off! Yeah, no, no, no. This is this is a smart one. This one yeah, uh, is a lot smarter. No, no, no. Um, in case you broke your New Year's resolutions in ten seconds, many of us did. This Withing Smart Scale. Now, it's not just me that loves it. I, I've got it. I've unboxed it. There's apparently one coming to your house. It's um, our producer Tony Anita Hall just loves Withing Smart Scale. She's had it for a couple of years. What does it do? What does it do? It's got Wi-Fi. It takes your pulse. It keeps track of your weight. It tells you your body mass index, your BMI, to let you know, you know, how you're you're improving and where your health is going. 
I love that and idea. And it sends all that data to your phone automatically. It's kind of a set it and forget it kind of thing. If you get on the scale in the morning, it's keeping track of you. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's nice when we have these sponsors that I can really dig. Where, yeah, right, where yeah. you can actually say you should do this. You should do this, because yeah. you should totally do this. And here's the thing that's even more important or as important that you do. If you visit withings.com slash Paula, you can find out all about this. We'll get credit for you finding out all about this. And there's an offer of 30% off any body composition scale. Oh, great. Yeah. But so they that, have to say, they have to use the Paula code, right? It's Withings, W I T H I N G S, Withings, as in with things, dot uh-huh. com slash Paula, P A U L A, which is yeah. easier to spell. Sure, I knew that part. Right. I do love it that it's a company that we can actually say, yes, you should do this. For a while, we we were, uh, I'm not proud of this, but briefly, we were sponsored by Ed's Dehydration Pills. Yeah, those were terrible. And those were not a good idea. I got idea. a lifetime and, supply of it, and you, you know what I got to tell you? I don't like them. No. Looking back, I feel like we shouldn't have taken that sponsorship. No, no, no. no. Ed's Dehydration Pills, I'm going to... I know this is not a good practice to shit on previous sponsors, but no. don't take Ed's dehydration yeah, pills because no. that's exactly what they do. Yeah, I took yeah. them. I couldn't pee for a week. Yeah, why would we even take them? I, 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 I don't know because they offered us, you know, sponsorship. Yeah. So Withings, if you're out there, withings.com/paula, much better idea than www.edsdehydrationpills.com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the pictures on that site. I, oh, it's horrifying. Uh, Desiccated husks of human beings. So make sure that when you visit withings.com slash Paula for a very special offer of 30% off any body composition scale. Is there more than one body there's composition? There's a couple of different models, oh, yeah. I, didn't I think there's ones that like, you know, monitor even more things about your body. Oh. Tony Anita Hall is in the background nodding. What oh. else does it monitor? How much your bones weigh? How much your bones weigh? Bone density. Oh my gosh. How much fat you have? How much water you It also gives you the weather. It tells That's you the nice. outside temperature and the forecast on your little screen of the scale. Oh, is that true? When you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I know. We, we're, we've now devoted half a show to this sponsor, okay. but I yeah, think they're working. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but moving on, uh, Paula. We spent a lot of time on Ed's dehydration pills. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that, I think we can agree. And they're not agree, even paying us anymore. a terrible mistake. Terrible product. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge 
jogger. Ooh. And, you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on and I, I swear to you, okay, this is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, 
they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it. But his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression. Um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling <laughs> because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. <laughs> What's not to love? That's what I say. <laughs> what is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family. You know that already. And you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. Sure they allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. 
This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Yeah. Um, well, Paula, let's segue then to our first guest because we've left him sitting here for quite a while. Now He's, he's here waiting. Uh, yeah. Patiently waiting. Now, you have frequently spoken of your fiscal woes on this program. I'm not good in the area of personal finance, but I remember when I was 18 years old, I went to uh, Orlando, Florida on a Greyhound bus, and because my dream was to work at Disney World as a bear, I wanted to be Blue Bear in the parade. And, okay, good, because uh, you would never have gotten a job at the Country Bear Jamboree. That's animatronic. No, those were animatronic. Right. Turns out. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I got one more thing to tell you. Lincoln's not alive. Whoa! Uh, so I did not get hired at Disney World. Instead, oh. I got hired at the International House of Pancakes. I was flat broke. I walked four miles to work every night and walk home every morning. And also I had four miles. The exact same four miles, other direction. And uh, it was the Hooker Street. It was the Orange Blossom Trail in Orlando, Florida. And although I could have picked up a little money on the side, that way I chose not to. And I was what? so broke that I ate uh, salt for dinner and then sugar for dessert every for night. For real? Yeah, to save money. And, so you were just uh, thinking to yourself, well, if I were to have a dinner tonight, I'd want it to be salty, so I'll just eat salt. Right. It and was what's just better after of, a nice salty dinner than... Oh, I have to have sugar after. Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> that it was to kill the craving. Just, yeah. And I kept my money, the little bit that I made, in uh, legs, egg, a plastic egg. Oh, legs. Them, right, yeah, the yeah, legs. The, the and uh, so the point posary. being that I had very little money, and my roommate at the time gave me a book about, it was part of like a 12-book series, but he gave me the first book of a series of books about finance. Like this was, <laughs> if I just had this finance book, I'd be able to pull myself yeah, up by everything. the bootstraps, you know, and get some butter to go with that sugar. Uh, so anyways, my point being... Well, my uh, point being that um, we are no closer to introducing this guest yet. <laughs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I we might we want to go back to Ed's dehydration pills? No. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> well, with, that, with all that in mind and, yeah. and context being offered in scads of context, Stephen Rachal is a certified financial planner with Navaline Wealth Partners, and we want to hear- Wealth Partners. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's right. the dry Partners in, wolf, in wealth. We want to hear what he has to say about savings, investing, and planning for our financial futures. Please welcome Stephen Rachal. <laughs> Hey, Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Welcome. Hey, Paula. Adam, thanks for having me today. Oh, well, it's great to have you. And also, again, thanks to house band Rachel Van Amberg. All right. Now, um, you can hear I got a rocky financial start, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the other 11 books. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any one of them would have helped me turn my fortunes. And I've never really, uh, I got to say, I still don't have a handle on it such that now I have young adult children and I'm not even sure what to tell them. When I was a kid, what I was told was that for like a thumbnail thing was you should pay a quarter of your income monthly f for rent. You shouldn't rent a place that was higher than a quarter of your income. Is that still accurate? Is that what they tell people now? Yeah, there's a lot of rules of thumb out there when it comes to making smarter decisions about the way you spend money. Uh, you know, being here in a place like Los Angeles, it's ungodly expensive to put a roof over your head and have fun and, you know, buy dinner and salt and sugar and all that <laughs> no other doubt, stuff. No doubt. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, generally speaking, you want to try to target somewhere between, you know, no more than maybe 30 to at max 40 percent 
of your income going towards your household expenses. But again, in a place like a city like Los Angeles, San Francisco, New York, very difficult to do that. Oftentimes, when you say household expenses, do you mean the rent or do you mean other? Primarily, rent is uh-huh. going to be. Uh, unless Are you including like uh, water and electricity in the household expense? Yeah, so you have rent and you're paying your bills for your electricity. Add your internet to that now. All of your sort of household expenses should be thirty to forty percent, ideally. But that's not the case that for most impossible. people these days. I think that's more impossible. like sixty or seventy for most people. Yeah, and yeah. that's what we're seeing happen more and more and more as the cost of living goes up. Yeah, yeah. I I recommend uh, financially a paleo diet. Financially, uh, yeah, financially, which means when the when when the sun goes no, down, go yeah. to bed. Oh, I, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, it's paleo. I guess salt is paleo. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, every animal enjoys salt. Yeah. Um, all right, so thirty to forty. Yeah, how does anybody do? Are you able to do that? I'll be honest. Uh, today, I got a mortgage. That's not cheap either. I got today? other bills. Yep. Oh, congratulations. Well, today and on other days, I still have my mortgage. It's not going anywhere. I got another uh, 28 oh, he, years he on mean, that thing. He means today is in, in this time in of this our time lives. In this time period of his life. Yeah. Exactly. Nowadays. I thought he just got a mortgage. I was going to pass out cigars and stuff. No, luckily, I got it a, a couple years ago when rates were a lot cheaper. I yeah. made a smart financial decision on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. So if you were advising like my young adult daughter... Uh, you would say thirty to forty percent for you know, like I mean, she needs to yeah. be in an apartment. And, and what else people. would you tell her? What else would you tell Paula's daughter? Yeah, well, I mean, I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give to anybody, especially young people, is you've got to take the time to increase your awareness about your finances. So you may not have a budget, you may not want to maintain a budget, but paying more attention to how you're spending your money mm-hmm. and asking yourself the important question of why, right? Why am I buying these things? You start increasing your awareness about how you're spending money, how you're making money, the money that you may or may not have saved up in the bank. You start increasing your financial awareness. And I can almost promise you that you will start making different financial decisions. Just and pay change. attention. Be yeah, mindful pay attention. of your money. And you'll, you'll change your, your behaviors. mind on your money and your money on your mind. That's right. I write down every penny that I spend and every penny that I earn in a notebook. Do you And I really? tape in the receipts. Yeah. You do not. I do too. I just, every penny. I posted a, a film of me doing it these, on Instagram. These party size Hawaiian kettle style potato chips, sweet onion flavor. Yeah. That's in a book somewhere now. Yeah. I didn't write the whole title. I just put potato s- chips. I just put <laughs> snacks. Snacks. Yeah. Oh um, wow. But uh, but I put. Well, that's like, not very uh, specific at all. You know that I got them at the. I forget. I think I got them at the Bevmo. Now, but this is good. What do you do with that book? I read it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. Stephen, I'm going to shoot this over to you. How's uh, Paula's uh, fiscal planning? The the book. I like the book. I think it's impressive that you're actually tracking that. And to each his own. If you have a certain way you want to track it manually, you want to use an app on your cell phone, you want to use a spreadsheet on a computer. Bottom line, doing something about increasing your awareness about your finances. I, I'll ask you this, Paula. Have you noticed that the, the fatter that book's, book gets, the more receipts you put in there? Does it ever make you want to maybe not put as many receipts in there and slow down on what you're spending on? Well, the truth is the thing that the receipts are for are not really where the major amount of my money has gone. Uh, it's more big check items, you know, like uh-huh. kids. So yes. the, the expensive yes. stuff you don't have receipts for, we don't keep those records. No, right? I, I do. Mostly what's in there is uh, credit card stuff, 
um, so that I can itemize my credit card bill when it comes in. And then, of course, all my income. It's so that I can, you know, go. This sounds more like a compulsive little habit than it sounds like a. No, like it's a, been very like helpful. A strong. F- I've been able, approach. when things break or something happens, I'm able to go right back and find the receipt. You know, North, oh, that's good. North Face gave me new boots years later. Uh, because uh, it, my my boots uh, cracked summiting Wilshire Boulevard uh, with very little use. The other thing is that if the IRS ever comes out, I actually goad the IRS. Oh, because you I got actually, the receipts. Yeah, I actually go into the IRS office with like a wet towel. And <laughs> wow. just flick, See, I live in dread of the them, IRS. Really. Not me, me, because I got Good everything. Good thing nobody listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I say very this little. Is, this is the in-service for the IRS next week. <laughs> During their lunch break. If you're listening, break, guys, I dare you to come at Paula Poundstone. Yeah, I'm very thorough. And I do feel it gives me a, a handle on what I do. And the other thing is, um, on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me one time, we learned about a study where counting money, even if it's not your own, gives you a dopamine hit. Really? Yeah. So I like saving. I'm not going to tell you I've saved a lot. Okay. But I do like saving. She likes saving. Well, that's right. good. And well, how I'm much... going to just kind of include our guest again here. Yeah. Now, um... <laughs> God, Stephen, let's, I, you let's, are let's, good at that. Let's, yeah, I know. Stephen, <laughs> ask him how he is. Go ahead, Adam. Show him your talking skills. Hey, Adam, how you doing? I'm doing great because I'm talking to a fascinating expert in finances who I'm going to ask another question to right now. now Fuck st- you, Adam. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Stephen, what are some common mistakes that people make when it comes to finances? I'd say one thing that a lot of people fall into, it's a behavioral bias called the herding mentality. So you might find this in yourself. Maybe there's someone that you looked up to growing up, a parent, a friend, someone that you thought was successful in their own right, someone that you felt had expertise or knowledge in, in maybe finances, as an example. Uh-huh. Uh, and therefore, with your own financial situation, you find yourself kind of following their footsteps, which might not really be right for you. Oh, wow. And, and here's what that leads to. I'll give you an example. Yeah. There's a lot of things that a lot of people know about. Like, Paula, do you go to the bathroom every day? Many times. Okay. She really does. Yeah. So you More use a toilet, most. right? Yeah, I have been. And, you know, use the toilet, you know how it works, kind of goes down. But do you actually know how a toilet works? No idea at all. Well, that's weird because about three weeks ago, we had someone on this program who explained to you how a toilet works. That's <laughs> what I wanted to talk to you about later. Okay. <laughs> The, the point you being... You don't listen to us, do you? No, I do. nobody listens to Paul Poundstone. <laughs> <laughs> the point being... Where are you going with this toilet? Yeah. You may yeah. not exactly know the way the toilet works, but it's something we take for granted and use every single day. Yeah. You don't need to be the expert in it, but you, you no. know that it functions and it works. Same yeah. thing with your money. You know that you spend money, you make money. You know that you can save your money and invest it, and you might have a general idea of what investing means. You might follow someone else's footsteps on how they're investing their own money. But they may not actually be an expert or know really what they are talking about. Yeah. And therefore, if you're just following them, it's the blind leading the blind. And that can lead to a lot of issues down the road. I'm, a lot of I'm loss. not sure I get the toilet connection here. Well, that was a long shot, but I was trying to bring it back to something I think we all relate to. <laughs> we can all relate to toilets. That's you know true. what? Stephen, I love you. Thank you, Paula. You see, he took the long way around to explain something. He took the time... To take the longer road with more <laughs> foliage and stuff to talk about. And toilet paper. And toilet paper. All right. So, uh, yeah, I actually don't. Um, should I be investing? I think long term, if that's your mindset, you should always be investing your money one way or another. We, we need to think of everything that we do with our dollars as investing. So whether you're putting it in the bank, whether you're buying an asset like real estate, a home. Or Hawaiian style 
onion potato chips. That's right. You're investing in your appetite. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the point being, everything we do with our money is an investment and some sort of a trade-off versus some of the thing that we won't be able to use that money for. Yeah. So if you've got a longer-term mindset, you need to have an investment game plan that is in line with that longer-term mindset. So think of just investing in the stock market recently. Stocks have had a tough time over the last few months, coming off a bad year in 2018 all of a sudden. But if you're saving this money for 10, 20, 30 years from now, does it really matter what's happened over the last three months or even the last year? No, it really doesn't if you've got a longer term mindset and you're saving for a longer term goal. Okay. I, most of my money is in uh, scotch tape and notebooks because, you know, I tape every receipt into a notebook. And uh, that, those pile up after time. Yeah, you see, I'm a little worried about that. It sounds like your strategy for keeping track of your money is actually costing you money. Stephen, is that wise? You know, I'm going to go invest in the companies that make scotch tape and notebooks so that I can make money when Paula spends her money. Man, I wow, love that is smart. adhesive strips. I just, they're so cool. Uh, I love scotch tape, so I would invest in scotch tape. Just the idea that you just press it on and it holds something. Glue, on the other hand, could be so disappointing. Glue is always disappointing because yeah. you want it to be fantastic. But even super glue is not super, is it? Mm-mm. No, no. no. Uh, Steven, your thoughts. Super glue can be super dangerous. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it that uh, Steve, Steven's, <laughs> Steven's name on his, what is it, on your Instagram is uh, Smart Money Steve. Yeah, tell me about Smart Money Steve. So, true story, uh, I was at a conference, I do quite a bit of public speaking, and I realized on stage... You got a great voice. Thank you. Uh, people can't spell my name, because it's S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Thanks, oh, Mom. Oh, the Greek way. Yep, and then uh, Rishal, which, good luck trying to figure that one out, right? Uh, I failed. A, there's an S-C-H in there, and there, that's yeah. a little tip. So, yeah. uh, someone told me, hey, you need to have a, a sort of name that people can just hear and remember, and Smart Money Steve stuck, and I bet you everyone listening today knows how to spell at... Smart Money Steve. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, you right. just worked as a plug in there, to. too. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. We have yet to give our Instagram addresses on this show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> We're like show 28. We've never really done it. I just cryptically refer to the fact that I'm getting better at, uh, at Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, but, um, all right. but Smart Money Steve has already spelled it out for us. Is there an amount of money, like a percentage of one's income, that you should be putting away on a regular basis? Or is it good enough just to uh, have a sense of where your money went? Definitely, it's good to have a sense of where your money went. Again, increasing awareness. Everyone's in a different financial situation. So depending on the amount of income you have coming in and how much you're spending on things like housing we just discussed, Mm -hmm. it is somewhat subjective. Now, of course, if you can target saving 10%, 20% or more of your income, that's great, right? If you're saving for the long term for something like a goal like retirement, using certain types of retirement accounts where you get tax benefits and trying to at least hit the maximum thresholds of how much you can save every year, those should be some targets that you could at least start with. Mm-hmm. But hey, no amount is too small. So if you're just getting started and maybe all you can afford today is $50, eventually it turns into 500 eventually it turns into 5000 more and more and more. If you focus on wanting to save, you create that intention, you'll find your way on getting there or else you're going to run into what we call someday syndrome. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Someday what, syndrome. So someday syndrome is this idea where you're always talking about, you, you know, someday. You created your own next question there. I did. That's and it's a right. hashtag too, someday yeah. syndrome. I'm just saying. Wow. Plug number two. Oh, yeah, that's. Hey, doing it. Doing a dirty. That's conversation. Yeah. He leaves, leaves something yeah. dangling that you have to ask a question about. Okay. So you say, how are you? Go ahead. Say How are you doing, Paula? I might have someday syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> would that be how I would use that? Yes. I mean, it makes me want to ask what someday syndrome is, but I feel like... I'll tell you later. <laughs> yeah, now we've got nothing to say. <laughs> okay, say... so it's not good for party conversations. I don't someday. know. Is someday syndrome, syndrome something good to talk about at a party? So what is can someday syndrome? Can it be cured? Syndrome? I think it can be cured, and I think it'll be a great party conversation after you hear the explanation. Okay. So here we go, right? Oh, there he is. There yeah, you that's go. A, that's a way of saying, if you'll just yeah. shut up, you're yeah. going to like it. <laughs> In a very polite way. Apparently, Stephen here, and I mean that with a PH, doesn't need us at all. All right, go ahead. (laughs) So, look, we've probably said in a lot of points in our life, someday I'm going to do this, right? Someday I'm going to go work at Disney World. Someday I'm going to save more money. I hear that one all the time. And what we commonly do is we we justify that by saying, someday when I start earning more money, I'm going to save more money. But you know what happens in real life? We start earning more money, and we usually start spending more money. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this sounds really familiar. Yep. Oh, oh you're hurting. Paula. I was, you know, making okay money, and I started uh, spending more money. And then here's the good news: I started a <laughs> podcast, and uh, now I don't earn more money. Well, so then you can't spend more. Exactly. That, that works. Yeah. I guess. This has really been helpful for my finances, having right. this yeah, podcast. No, no, I have to say, this, this <laughs> podcast has kept me from spending too much money as well. Yeah. I want to thank all five listeners right now. Yeah, because you guys have... And by the way, we're going to be doing... Very soon, we're going to be doing that uh, that membership drive thing. Yeah. So that's when we're going to hit you up, listeners. Yeah. Because yeah. t- like, we are almost your... out of potato chips here. You... <laughs> Every listener needs to find at least five friends and tell them to listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> we're actually doing fine. We've got a lot of listeners now. Do we? I get to look at the stats. Yeah, we're doing okay. What do you mean you look at the stats? I got the stats. I look at the numbers. We're are doing they, okay. Are they on your withings thing? The, the, no, no, no. The Wiccan scale does not keep track of our listeners, but we oh. have a decent amount of listeners. Oh, that's great. For, for a podcast that says it has no listeners, we have some listeners now. All right. So you know what? Low expectations. That's the key to that's happiness. That's the key. And Stephen can back us up on that, right, Stephen? Low expectations is your message. If you set the bar low, it's a lot easier to pass that bar, move on to the next step. Yeah, exactly. And Stephen, we like how does the toilet little... work? Well, you <laughs> press the lever and the water comes in. It flushes the crap down along with yeah, the toilet yeah. paper and... Hopefully you didn't get a clog along the way. That's yeah. great. All right, well, so long like my light switch. I have to ask you one more question, though. Okay, good. When you watch, I thought we were segueing, segueing no, out, we but this is good. So when you watch, that's <laughs> very you miscued. When you watch television and there's those financial planning ads, do you feel like I'm all over that already? I'm like, like, have you seen the ads where there are people in a park and a man talking gets them to help him make a chart? Yeah, I've always wondered how that actually works in real have life. Have you ever been to the park where they make the chart? I've never been. I've, I we haven't have a, seen it either. Yeah, we have a park down the street from us. Right. Uh, and uh, There's no financial planners No, there? there's slides and swings, and I've never seen anybody making a chart down there. Well, but that's, that's impressive. Because I watch those ads. Like, uh, they talk about planning and how you were supposed to have planned. And every time, I'm just blown away, like... I was supposed to plan? It really takes me by surprise. It does. This feels more like an observation than a question. No, I was asking Stephen if he feels uh, 
you know, uh, uplifted or reinforced by the fact that he has it going on already. When did you start planning, Stephen? Uh, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> I started planning and investing money when I was 13 years old. So no. I got a bit of a head start on that one. Oh, you now you're when you were everybody 13? feel bad. I yeah. sure did. Now you're like a nerdy, uh, yeah. I'm a money nerd. Hey, hey it's yeah. all good. I'll wear it. Do, do you own a suit made of money? Uh, I don't own one of those yet. Because on late night television, you can do that. Uh, Isn't there that guy who was in a suit made of money on, no, on late night television? I do, yeah. You know what? I money is made of cotton. I didn't know that. I can't get past Flex Seal. Um, <laughs> yeah, this idea of thinking ahead is not something that I've ever been very good at. Honestly, I've been listening to the first um, audio disc of Hamilton for two years. Really? It took me two years to move on to the second disc. So the idea of planning ahead just isn't really a part of who I am. That makes sense to me. It's, the second disc is quite good. I've, yeah, it was a hard transition, though. Yeah, but you do get to the end of the story if you listen to disc two is the thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you, Stephen Rochelle, for helping us save our asses and assets and invest them, too. Paula, what advice can you give our listeners about financial planning? Hey, Rachel Van Emberg, our house band, if you could give me a little background support uh, for my synopsis of Smart Money Steve's advice. Um, Beautiful. First of all, do you know how your toilet works? Well, don't worry about it. You need to think about your money. You need, you need to increase your awareness of what you're spending your money on, or you'll be flushing it down the toilet. Once you create that saving intention, you'll stop thinking about how your toilet works. You should spend 30 to 40% of your monthly income on household expenses, by which I mean your dwelling, electricity, internet, and water. Don't go there. Stop thinking about how your toilet works. You'll go broke. <laughs> Stephen Rochelle is a certified financial planner with Navaline Wealth Partners. You can visit him at stephenrochelle.com. Stephen, thank you for being on our show. Thanks, Stephen. <laughs> the Cat of the Week is Tic Tac from Walnut Creek, California. Thank you very much, house band Rachel Van Amberg. Rocking it. <laughs> Rocking that oboe here. Paula? Adam? It's football playoff season. I know you know that. I'm so excited about football. Yeah, I, I basically didn't watch football this year, but I yeah. do watch during the playoffs. Yeah. yeah I somehow I excuse the head injuries during playoff time. I hate football, but I do hope someday to be asked to sing the national anthem. Well, that's where we're going with this, because we, we really weren't going to be talking about football, so... Uh, this is a bunch of jocks turning off their podcast right now. Like, oh, I wanted to hear Paula's predictions for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Namath just clicked just off. Just clicked us off. His podcast. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so you haven't been ever been asked to sing the national anthem. I have not been asked to sing the national anthem, and yet so many celebrities, and I'd like, you know, I have a podcast, so I would like to call myself a celebrity, right. have been asked. Well, I'm going to say my thought is that one of the reasons why you've yet to be asked is because you do not sing. Okay, that has been in my way right? until now. Right, tonight we're going to change all that because we have invited on our program someone who can coach up your national anthem singing skills. Jeremy Frank is the associate chorus master at L.A. Opera and a part-time lecturer in the vocal arts and opera department at USC. So it's really like we're using a nuclear bomb to hammer in a nail right here. <laughs> Please welcome Jeremy Frank. <laughs> 
I'm so excited to have you. I can't believe somebody with that kind of resume is here on Miranda Avenue with a, is it, it Avenue or Street? Are uh, we, uh, you know, I don't think they've decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really on a map. It's, it's just not sort the of kind of place that you. Yeah, if you yeah. were you were to Google us, you. Yeah. You know, somebody did, and they 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 sent me a little uh, picture. I think it was on Facebook of, uh-huh. of where they thought our studio was, and it's not. It, it, you weren't sending us this Miranda Street. This one's a oh. different one. <laughs> oh, is it, it was a better, a higher class Miranda Street. Pro, quite possibly. Yeah. Look for the Jeremy, the welcome. Thanks. Yes, thank you Thanks for, for having me. Now, um, why is the national anthem, our national anthem in the United States of America, so hard to sing? It's actually a complicated uh, answer because there are so many reasons that our national anthem is super hard to sing. Don't use a toilet as an analogy. <laughs> I think it's safe that I can avoid that. Okay, great. <laughs> so some of the reasons. I mean, it's, it's a big range, It's right? a big, big range. Like, if I play middle C on the piano, like this. We have a piano here tonight, we too, have a ladies and gentlemen. Here. Very yeah. fancy. Um, you know, a lot of, like, let's say we're going to do God Save the Queen. Okay. That only... What makes you think we're not? Oh, well, we might go there. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, th- that song only requires really eight or nine notes. Uh-huh. I, I figured it out. Dun, dun, I wrote dun, it down. Dun, it's, uh, dun, 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 yeah, it's actually uh, less than an octave. Less than an octave. Less than an octave. Mm-hmm. So most... Even a... Just a fifth up! I didn't know that was... I didn't know that was God Save the Queen. Wait for it. That's a high note. Wow. So almost every person has an octave worth of usable stuff. Sure. Our national anthem, however, uh, you need a low C if you're doing it in C major, and it goes up 12 whole notes. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Even for, I mean, trained singers have about two octaves, a little more, a little less, depending on the type of singer that they are. Yeah. But for, like, civilians, people off the street, that's a lot to ask. That's a lot to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's it's a bad song. Well, it's one of those songs that was not written, uh, like the music and the text were not written at the same time. The text, of course, is a poem uh, right. that Francis Scott Key wrote, and he wrote it as a response to watching a battle in the War of 1812. Did he, did he write it during the battle? Was he like out yeah, on a ship? He, I think that's what I... Yeah. He probably tried to sort of like come up with the tune that night, and people I, were like, Francis, <laughs> shut up! He was like... <laughs> well, actually, he da, came up da, with... Da, da, da. Francis, <laughs> well, he came, he came up with the words that night. He came uh-huh. up with four verses of words, uh-huh. and then he showed it to his brother-in-law. And yeah. his brother-in-law was, was always like, negative. Well, he was like, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like this uh, Glee Club Men's Society tune that they sing all the time. Uh, and so he thought, oh gosh, the same number of words and the same number of notes. This kind of fits. We should just slap them together. Uh-huh. And that that's another reason why it's a little hard to sing, actually, because there's not tons of thought given to like if the way that the, high note yeah. is easily sung on the word land of the free, you know. Right. Yeah. That may or may not work for some people. I, I don't, it, it, just the whole anthem never works for me. But I understand you've got a couple <laughs> of uh, encounters with the anthem that you've enjoyed. Oh, I yeah. I remember one time watching was a basketball all-star game on television with uh, my father and uh, Marvin Gaye did a version, which was the hmm. first time I had ever heard. Like the audience was 
audibly responding to his singing of it in such a way like it actually was giving people pleasure in a way that I have never heard the national anthem give. I mean, I realize it has significance to people, but I've never heard it really give people pleasure right. before. It was Marvin Gaye. It was Marvin Gaye. You're sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, we looked that up, Paula Poundstone, and Marvin Gaye did in fact sing the national anthem at the 1983 NBA All-Star Game. Hit it! Oh my God, I win! And there's a recording of it. Fantastic. No, you are not wrong. Yeah. What do you think, Jeremy? Version. That's a lot of pleasure. Can you yeah. sure. can you teach Paula to do that? By the way, my father uh, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm not really that kind of coach. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> oh. you, you're going to do well just to get her from beginning to end. You know, we'll we'll see what we can, can we do come that. Up can we do that? Can we? Um, yeah. Coach her. So. You know, the, uh, another thing that's hard before we start this, because yeah. it actually like you can totally screw yourself over right from the get go with one important reason that the song is hard. Because you, um, you start too high, you start too and high, and then nobody there. has I the high I thought you were going to say, if you drink a soda. <laughs> no, I we recommend I that highly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, this uh, this actually happens very frequently. You should start frequently. pretty low. You should start relatively low, and it depends on how low you can go. Fortunately, this digital piano that I brought with me today can do all of the hard thinking for me. Oh, so wow. I can play it in whatever key, and we can find the perfect key for you. Oh, good. I can't um, wait. But, you know, when this, when this song Match was published for the first time, uh -huh. it was published in C major. I don't know what kind of chipmunk people used to live in the 19th century. They were all chipmunk people. They were all chipmunk people, yeah. all of whom who had a high G. Right. Uh, and very few of us do now. I certainly don't. So it, let me identify another potential trap. Is yeah. that first note, or actually the third note, the say, <laughs> is that the um, is that the lowest note in the song? It is. Oh, good. So, so yeah. hit that note, you're good. If you can, like, we will know right away if we've so we've got to find Paula's bottom. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. I'll find my bottom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very important to do while singing. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I'm, I'm curious. Let's, let's just sort of, uh, I propose that we start here. Okay. Let's see how that goes. Okay. Oh, say can you see? That's I'm actually right, I don't not know so the bad. words come to think of that it. is but another hard thing about this anthem because yeah uh, oh say can you see by the dawn's early light what, what so, so proudly, proudly we hail at, at the, the twilight's, twilight's last gleaming. gleaming it starts with two extended questions yeah very yeah. extended oh Wait, oh, say, can you see? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, so see, broad see. stripes and bright stars. Why are we asking questions? Tell us. You're there, Francis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was really just a guy who could barely see that was on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, asking somebody say, else if he yeah, could see. Say, can he you was see? an oboist. And the guy yeah, said, get another. your hand off my face. He said, oh, say, can you see? Um, okay. All so right. actually, that's not a bad that's start. Not, Thank that you sounded like she could go lower than that, and she's going to run into trouble high. I think we should check it out. We'll go down another whole step. Okay. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail? You hit the proud. And then I forgot uh, that. The twilight. At the twilight's last gleaming. Whose broad stripes? Second question. 
whose broad stripes and, and bright, bright stars, stars in a perilous fight through the perilous flight or oh, the flight, ramparts flight. or the r- ramparts, ramparts we watched, watched were so gallantly were so gallantly streaming okay that's great to this point I would submit that now she's fucked. Mm, I don't know for sure. Really? I Actually, yeah. if you guys could only see the look on the, on our recording engineer's face right <laughs> he's now. He's weeping. It's, it's, he's this weeping. is probably the most pain that he's ever been in. Ray is not loving this. that he had a surgery once without <laughs> anesthesia, but just worse. used a breathing technique. Yeah. You know, I hate to contradict you. I have to say, I, I really, I work with trained singers both at USC and at the opera, and I really was excited to come tonight, but I wasn't sure. She I wasn't sing. sure. She you sing notes. well. Yeah. I've heard you make like vocal noises on like other episodes, and I was like, this I have is a made musician vocal lady. noises. You have. Yeah, and remember I- the time I went, Whoa. Yeah, I yeah. do. <laughs> Actually, I do remember. It's been hard to stop you from making vocal noises. <laughs> and I didn't know about the drum lessons. Had I known oh, yeah. about that, I oh, would have yeah. been percussion. reassured. So you, you are now feeling great about Paul's yeah. prospects to hit the rest of the song. I think so. All right, let's do I it. I think you, so. You don't think that we're, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go too high? for me you know what if it does we'll just make the piano go down more yeah okay. and the thing is you know when i was thinking about when when you guys first reached out and said hey would you come do a coaching on the national anthem i kept yeah. thinking god there's that high note at the end sure the honest truth is we're about to hit the high note i know in I, I have anxiety already. i have high note yeah. anxiety so i thought it was one high note <laughs> yeah. at the end so, yeah, and yeah. instead it's like three or four high oh, notes oh jesus but don't w- tell me that <laughs> it's and rock like, red glare right this is like That's when i'm right. working out and the trainer guy goes he's a, he'll say like do 15 and then he goes oh no I meant 25 yeah, and, yeah. Just, and all the life goes out of me yeah. but or yeah, like no. you're just finally spent and he's put you through everything you're capable of doing and he Which says was five. we're done warming up <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Right. yeah or he says that's the first one and now we do five of whatever yeah. that series is you know let me observe one thing though okay. that you're doing beautifully well thank you so very much. one of the tricks of this, this one another trick yeah, of the this money song. guy didn't say that <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you win Jeremy yeah. well I haven't yeah. brought up the toilet yet yeah, there's the money still guy time Put your hat out. That's what he said. Yeah. So one one thing that's hard about this song is it's very angular melodically. Very angular. In, yeah, yeah. Instead of being like a scale where the notes are next to each other, we've yeah. got these big jumps. Uh-huh. And it makes your body feel tempted to smack each note with air uh-huh. like this. Oh, Jose, can you see? Yeah. But we don't it, want to use air? We want to use smooth oh, air. No, 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 no. no. I'm you not definitely want to use air. You definitely want to use. You definitely air. want to use some air. Otherwise, what are you saying is you weren't huffing and puffing your way through it like other people might be tempted to. That's exactly right. Because I was f- using the breathing technique that um, uh, that Jorge that uses. That was honed from dozens of years of nonstop talking. Yes, that breathing technique. <laughs> that no, the one that Ray Horseman used during his uh, anesthesia-less uh, uh, surgery. <laughs> oh, that one. Okay. So this smooth breathing, this yeah. smooth exhaling, uh, Italians for centuries would call this legato singing or uh, singing where the notes are bound to each other, yes. which is, you know, what that Italian word means. You know, I used to live in Boston and it's a small city, but there was an Italian section. And the a North lot end. of times, the North End, <laughs> a lot of times the Italians would get up in the morning and walk by my apartment over in Copley Square and they would say, she's doing the legato singing. Oh, she's that's a nice that. legato she's doing there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that's why I like walking yeah. to buy Paula Poundstone's place on the way to work. So you're exactly right. That is what the Italians call Such it. Such beautiful legato. <laughs> she should sing sometime. 
the national anthem. Of course, it's different. It's a different song in Italy, though. Oh, is it? It's even more legato. Oh, yeah. This is not their national anthem. They don't sing our national anthem in Italy, do they? No. So anyway, this legato, this beautiful natural legato singing that you've got going for you. Oh, yeah, that's what I get. We're going to need it at its most extreme level when we sing high, regardless of which key we do. All right. Because if you bluster... Uh, air at uh-huh. your vocal cords, they'll want to blow apart when you're singing high. And oh. then your neck will want to get involved. Your muscles will think, God, You'll get I need tense. to help This song out. makes people yeah. tense. Yeah. It makes I don't want tense. my neck muscles getting involved. No. No one does, really. Yeah. <laughs> really, you want to have that relaxed my, neck when you sing. One of yeah, my New Year's actually. resolutions was not to involve my neck muscles in anything. I always perform is, concerts lying down when I sing. Well, that's why my head is tilted back right now. You, right. I, I'm sorry, you do know the... Uh, uh, Homer Simpson's episode where he he and everybody realizes that he can be a famous opera singer, but only if he's lying flat on his back. Oh, no, no, I have not seen hilarious. that. Never saw that. <laughs> and in no, fact, I just reinvented it here, but I, I know. In I fact, in that episode, he's lying on his back singing the end of La Boheme or something, and his buddies are up in the catwalks looking down, and they're like, oh man, Homer, you're amazing. You're, you're going to be famous. And one of them goes, no, you're going to be opera famous. That is how I feel most of my life. Oh, oh you know, famous. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get Paula to that note. I yeah, want to hear okay. it so badly. I can't wait. So this is going to be, and the rockets, red glare. But okay. way well, where was she before? She has to re-rack a little bit. Okay, right? let's go back just a little. Let's do, uh, uh, or the ramparts we watched. Uh, I forget what we watched. Oh, or we're the silently rampart- streaming. Okay, oh, so wait, start me off again. Or the Oh, where are we? I will just say she just jumped out an octave. I'm she in did. Italy. She's singing did in my opera deeper or now? in my octave now. Uh, did I just go? Yeah, you jumped an octave, dropped out, which oh, is clever. God. Clever because now that jump up yeah. is going to sound really good. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it was because I I disengaged my neck muscles. Oh yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> Let's go back mistake. a little farther. Okay, yeah. Let's go back. Stripes. Yeah. Who's broad stripes and bright stars through the pen? I think now I'm on the wrong note entirely. No, you're doing great. Okay. You're killing it. Who, all right, where are we? Who? Uh, yeah. I want to do like this. Who's broad stripes? Who's broad stripes? Buddies. I want to do it more like a rooming house matron. Who left Who's broad stripes of these? Get these fucking broad stripes out of here. I don't come home after a long day. There's broad stripes everywhere. You kids, pick up your broad stripes and your bright stars. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, tell me what note who's, it is. Who's broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous night? Or the, or the, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. And the rockets. And the rockets. Uh-oh. Red. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that uh-oh better than almost anything. It was, it was like red, I had red, just red. missed a sharp left turn. <laughs> all of a sudden I saw, all of a sudden I saw, one way only facing me. Okay. All right, wait. Know, okay. For my money, that is a viable solution. Like, if you're- if Why didn't he write those words, uh-oh? Because <laughs> he wasn't Uh-oh. writing him to the tune. That's yeah. right. Uh, uh, all right. So wait, where was I? I okay, I had this. Yeah. We're so gallantly streaming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. That's uh, it. Let me find my notes. Uh, we're so gallantly streaming. Um, wait. 
Wait, Ray handed me. Uh, where are we? So gallantly streaming. Where's that? <laughs> Who thought of that? Okay. All right. Where, so where are we starting? We're so gallantly streaming. And the rock. Uh, now, wait, I can't switch there. And the rock is Yeah, right yeah, you got it. Right, Jeremy, Jeremy, get me started again. Just uh, get me, you know, get me to the top of the hill. <laughs> and I'm going to fucking roll down, baby. Okay. okay, so we're oh going to start. Oh, my God. I can't sing this high to, like, get you in the right octave. But, but I can. Adam, you can. <laughs> okay. We're so gallantly. Help uh, us out. Uh, we're so gallantly streaming. Say, throw me the ball. I gotta say, this is making me feel the home of the brave. Yeah. I, I yeah, say yeah. to my students and now. the singers that I work with at work, I think one of the most generous things you can do in humankind, and I'm, I'm not joking about this, is actually sing for somebody else. Because uh, your instrument is part of your body. Yeah, right? it's my instrument you know, I was using. That's your instrument. It's part of your body. I get my instrument. a beautiful thought. That was a very beautiful thought. But it takes a lot of generosity to do something like that. There, see? Yeah, that was yeah, thank you for yeah. sharing your voice yeah, with was, us, Paula. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I thank you to get your broad stripes. Uh, pick your broad stripes up off the stairs. I, if I come across one more broad stripe. <laughs> um, all right, there's a part, though. Let me just, I know that we've completed the song, but I just yeah, wanted yeah. You want a refresher a uh-huh. on what was the part. Uh, was it flag was still there that was very challenging, or was it bombs bursting in air? Uh, it's the rocket's red glare. Oh, okay. Bombs Actually. bursting in air. All right, we just do that one part again, yeah. just in case, you know. Yeah, because you know what? What if my neighbors have like a Super Bowl watching party or something, <laughs> and right. they go, "Hey, we listen to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone." Would you, you know, they want to know that it wasn't faked? Okay. Okay. So, Adam, you are way better at getting falsetto up than I am. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So wait, here we go. I can't do it that way. It's beautiful, Homer. Um, <laughs> so why don't I count us in? I'll go. You totally, totally are. So I'm going to count one, two, then we'll all sing together. Oh, one, two. And the rocket's red the bombs bursting in gave proof to the... Did I go down again? You did go down the octave. You're singing more manly behind than my we are, really. <laughs> All right, well, then where's the note? Tell me the note. That's it.
Watching football. <laughs> now, now teach her to do that thing where she goes free. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's what? not for. Do people do uh, that? Do the people start on the low note and they go up? Yeah, sometimes. Like, you know, it's not written. No. Uh, that's no. called an interpolation in opera, where you oh, you, yeah. you take an optional high note. Yeah, uh, yeah. Know, I do that with and taxes. It's really showy. This song. <laughs> <laughs> you do that what? With taxes. Oh, you should have mentioned that to the first guy yeah. on today. No, we weren't talking about taxes. We were talking about keeping track of your income well, and what you spend. Right. I didn't yeah. have to mention the interpolation. Interpolation on my taxes. No, you did no, not. By have the to way, let me just legally take that obligated back to mention it to the because government because I love paying my taxes. <laughs> it's Actually, very patriotic. It is Actually. very patriotic. That's exactly right. Yeah. And from now on, while I write out the check, I'm going to sing. That <laughs> <laughs> our flag was still there. Okay, now Jeremy, thank you so much for tuning up, Paula. And Paula, having absorbed this knowledge and revealing yourself to be quite a good singer, what can you advise our listeners who might be wanting to sing that national anthem? Hey, Rachel Van Amberg, house band. If I could have a little background music uh, to explain what I've learned about seeing the national anthem. You have to engage your neck muscles just a little bit, just enough to keep your head from bouncing around on the table. The whole thing involves planning. You have to start on a low enough note that you can get to the high notes. Oh, say can you see And the rocket's red clear The bombs bursting at Totally relaxed neck right now. Or you can do what I do and just drift off on the high line. We're so gallantly streaming. I wonder how the toilet works. <laughs> Jeremy Frank is the associate chorus master of the L.A. Opera and a part-time lecturer in the vocal arts and opera department at USC. You can visit his website at operavocalcoach.com. Thanks for being on the show, Jeremy. Thanks, Jeremy. You were great. To get the Star Spangled Banner out of my head, particularly the Houndstone version, I think I'll tune into Maximum Fun to listen to a few of their other fine podcasts. I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott, and we're the hosts of Everything's, Everything's Coming, Coming Up, Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Every episode, we cover a different episode of The Simpsons that is a favorite of our special guests. We've had guests that are showrunners and writers and voice actors like Nancy Cartwright. I got a D minus, I passed! And we've also had people that are on the Max Fun Network already. We've had Weird Al Yankovic on the show. I was just uh, struck by how sharp the writing is. I mean, yeah. that's no surprise because it's The Simpsons, but I mean, like, you can't say that about a lot, a lot, of, a lot of TV shows, particularly ones that at that point had been on the air for 14 years. Find us on MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Smell you later. Hi, I am Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cashin. Together, we host a podcast called... The Jackie and Lori Show. Uh, we're both stand-up comics... 
We recently met each other because women weren't allowed to work together on the road or in gigs for a long, long time. And so our friendship has been unfolding on this podcast for a couple of years. Jackie constantly works the road. I write for Conan and then I work the road in between. We do a lot of stand-up comedy and so we celebrate stand-up and yes. we also bitch about it. We keep it to an hour. We don't have any guests. We somehow find enough to talk about every single week. So find us. You can subscribe to The Jackie and Lori Show at MaximumFun.com org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye. Thank you, Houseband Rachel Von Amberg, for classing up this joint. Now, Paula, I understand that you have some non-musical gigs coming up. Hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. I think I'm going to be singing in every one of my shows now. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. So, Roanoke, Virginia, at the Jefferson Center on February 1st, aren't you in for a treat? Or, I'll be in Mesa, Arizona on February 15th at the Mesa Heart Center. That's beautiful. Just beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, They're lining up already. No, they, they, they are definitely moving. Um, now, Paula, it's that time. It's Sardi time. Sardi time. That's our theme songs, advice, reviews, Twitter, Instagram. It's where we remind you about all that stuff. Now, you can write to us about any of those things at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Or visit us on Facebook at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. And about those reviews. Yes, let's talk reviews. Straight talk about reviews for our listeners. Let me tell you something about reviews, you guys. You may not think it's important, but let me just say that after the first year of the Big Bang Theory... The number one show on television? That's the one. Okay. They were considering getting rid of it, cutting it. And then I wrote a review of it, uh -huh. which basically saved the whole show. Wow. Yeah. Years later. Wow. Right? The whole thing... Uh, whole industries rose up around it. They have T-shirts. There's spin-offs. The spin-offs. The actors. Your, and your review is responsible for all of that. A lot of them sent their kids to private school, and of course, so there's paid money to teacher. So this is what I'm saying. You want to write a nice review. The economy is really thanks hinged, to you. Hinged, hinged on, on Paula the Poundstone's review. So if you want to be like Paula Poundstone and change the course of our cultural history, definitely uh, go over to iTunes and write us a review. All right, well, that's our party for tonight. And I have to say, Paula, you did very well at Party Conversation. Thank you. Yeah. How are you, Adam? <laughs> I'm okay. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita... Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band oboist Rachel Van Emberg. And thanks again to our guests, Stephen Rachal and Jeremy Frank. Our head of security is Scott Knives Reynolds. Transcription services for the show are provided by TranscribeMe. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? that on sports maximumfun.org comedy and culture artist owned listener supported